Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard loves save! Mike Smith! top teams and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan. Denied by Smith who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game. My message today is we're trying to win. What time score? Leon Dreisaitl right circle. No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. if there's any messages sent on today's edition of Oilers Now. It's 12.07 in Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, it is a Tuesday. That means for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta, who present live racing Friday and Sunday evenings out at Century Mile. Uh, to comply with the AHS regulations, uh, spectators are limited at this time, but you can bet online. Watch and wager at hbibet.com. 
Mark Spector today from 1235 to 1.30 uh, on today's edition of Oilers Now. We'll also be joined out of the Athletic in Toronto. He sort of oversees the Canadian operations and is all over the Maple Leafs beat, James Myrtle. Is there a potential trade to be made between the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs? So we'll discuss the situation that is T.O. And uh, in the final half hour, Brennan and myself will have a conversation on team building. Brennan, by the way, why, oh, why did we open up with the police today? Today in 1977, they made their uh, three-man debut, uh, the actual band itself, in Birmingham, England. There you go. Well, I'd say probably one of my five favorite bands of all time. So uh, I'm digging it to open up today's show. Do the, the kids still word use uh, use words like dig it? I don't know. Uh, reminder that you can reach us at any time on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree is back up and at them with over 1,350 slot machines, multiple dining options, including the brand new Italia. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. You can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Again, we'll have Speck coming down the pipe at uh, about 12.35. James Myrtle in the house at 12.15. Quickly, off to Oilers now. Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. And uh, goaltending. Focus of yesterday's show, we had Kevin Weeks on, longtime NHL goaltender, now at the NHL Network. And he had this to say on the importance of a franchise prioritizing goaltending. As far as goalie coaches, I mean, if I'm running a team, there's certain things that I would do that I'd keep that I that I wouldn't air here, as far as strategically with with uh, okay. in terms of high structure things. But I yeah. would definitely tell you this: at the top of that priority list, outside of people development, but and then player development would be goaltending. And the way in which that would be structured, there'd be no stone unturned. There would be a, a ton of resources, both in terms of the staffing and, you know, technical resources, off-ice, on-ice devices. There'd be a lot of different things that I'd like to, to implement. And I think that goalie coaches, from my experience in the league, playing, they make the world of a difference. And if you have the right goalie coach that understands how to relate to each pupil, each girl or boy, uh, you know, young man, young woman that, that they're working with. If they can relate to them as a person, that's key. And then when they can relate to them as a goalie and not try to force things on them, that's even more important. So let me give you an example to your point. Let's look at Columbus now. My agent, Paul Tiafanis, out of New York here, represents Bobrovsky. So we know Bob's has been a really good goalie his entire NHL career since he came in at 20 with Philly. He's you know all-star, two Vesna trophies, but he opted to explore free agency signs in Florida, right? Yep. So look at Columbus now. Look at the job Manny Legacy's done with Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corposalo. Not to mention they had the kid Kiv Lennox, too, this year, the Latvian kid who played in some games for them. So they had to go three goalies deep. And look at the way those guys have played, and there's no real drop-off from a two-time Vesna Trophy winner. So to me, there's a, a perfect example of an organization. It's not limited to them, but it's a perfect example of of a team and an organization that's prioritized that position. And Manny Legacy has had an awesome role there and done a great job. But goalie coaches and top-end goalie coaches... And- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Goalie, associate coaches, maybe even senior advisor are absolutely paramount to every team's success stop. All right, that's Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. Uh, we're in the Oilers Now audio vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We'll see what the Edmonton Oilers need. Uh, there's no question, uh, and I think the majority of the listeners still show, and you can jump in right now and text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Are you comfortable coming back with Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith? Koskinen's got two years left at $4.5 million. It's a 9.17 save percentage of this year. Uh, Smith has gone 8.98, 9.02 in the last two years. Or, uh, based upon the fact that Koskinen's being paid what he's being paid, um, would you look at a different option other than Mike Smith moving forward for the orders? Give me a rep. Text me at 780-496-0063. As promised, we're going to bring aboard a guy that knows the uh, Toronto market as well as anybody, and he also heads up the Athletic for Canada, uh, James Myrtle right now. And James is our headliner today for touchback safety, from fall protection to forklift training. Trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is our goal. James, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Uh, not bad. I, I frankly wish, you know, you and me were having a conversation about the Oilers and the Leafs being in position to advance through the playoffs. It didn't come to fruition. Um, how much uh, frustration was in the Toronto market? And was there a realization that, hey, you know, Columbus was right there of Toronto during the regular season, and that was a very difficult matchup for the Maple Leafs? Give me your thoughts. No, I mean, yes, but there's a lot of frustration. I mean, it, the, and I, the thing is that this Leafs team underperformed the whole year. It wasn't just about one series. I mean, you can you can argue in good faith that the Leafs outplayed Columbus in that series and that the goaltenders were just better, and you're not always going to win a five-game series even if you're the better team, et cetera, et cetera. But the problem was the Leafs put them in, themselves in that position where they were going to be in that play-in round because they didn't have a very good year. I mean, they were touch and go to make the playoffs right up until the end, and... You know, it came down to with the season being shortened that they had to play their way into round one, and they didn't. They didn't earn their way there. So, you know, I think the organization and the fan base here too have higher expectations than just being a middling team in the NHL that struggles against a team like Columbus. I mean, you can see, you know, the Lightning are handling Columbus just fine in in their series right now, and that's the stage where the Leafs need to get to. Uh, Toronto has got real deep set of forwards, but the defense and obviously Jake Muzzin getting hurt didn't help, but uh, that right side of the defense looks like it's going to be uh, remade. Is that a fair assessment? Well, yeah. I mean, and it's going to have to be remade without a lot of cap space to do so. So it's it was a tricky needle to thread for Kyle Dubas last summer when they had to try and remake the right side of the defense and they did that in bringing in Barry and Cody Cece but 
it didn't it didn't work. You know, Tyson Berry had a really poor season, and uh, you know they traded Nazem Kadri, obviously for him, and Kadri's obviously having a really good season in Colorado, and um, you know the the Leafs are, aren't. 100% capped out, but they're pretty darn close, especially once they get their RFAs signed, and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to have to move some of their forward depth out for help on the right side on the blue line, and that's not easy to do in this in this league. You know, the Oilers know that pretty well. You know what I was confused by? Did Barry not get accelerated minutes when Sheldon Keefe took over and the Leafs went on a pretty significant run? And uh, I, I thought Barry got moved up to the first power play, and then it looked like in the playoffs... Cody Cece was playing ahead of him five on five, and I've never been the biggest Cody Cece guy. So it's a little bit. Am I right? Was that kind of what occurred, or am I off base there? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't trust Barry to play very high in the lineup. I mean, that was the result of what happened all season. And you know, he was still on the top power play unit for a lot of that series, and they were fine putting him out in those situations. But when it came to, especially you know, Muzzin goes down. They just they just didn't feel like they could trust Barry to play more than third pair minutes, and that's a big problem because they acquired him to be. I mean, they were thinking they were getting a guy who was a borderline top pair guy, and that just never materialized. It didn't happen for him in Toronto. We're joined right now by James Myrtle, the Athletic in Toronto, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So you got to give to get. And the one thing that the Leafs have done is they found a couple players. Uh, I like Engvall, who uh, just got a two-year extension at 1.25. Uh, Mikheyev is a restricted free agent. Obviously, they're going to re-sign him. You got any idea where he's going to come in at? They're going to squeeze their RFAs as much as they can. Like. <laughs> You know, Mikheyev, maybe they're fortunate in a way that he got hurt. I mean, I, he was playing really, really well when he went down with that wrist injury in December. He was he was looking like a top six forward. And then in the playoffs, that's just a really hard injury to come back from, like a really devastating skate cut and to step right into the playoff games. He, I mean, he didn't have a point in the playoffs, and that line that he was on with Tavares was completely ineffective. So um, I don't think he helped his negotiating leverage any with what happened in the playoffs and he's probably going to come in on like a one-year deal for max two million is what i would guess so james the leafs need a right shot defenseman they probably need a defenseman with a different type of uh, set of attributes maybe a guy that's prepared to play a heavier game they've got excess forwards they got mckayev and, and engvall who are certainly top nine guys they've signed another uh prominent is it another russian free agent that's got a chance to be pretty good offensively um is there a deal there with Edmonton and, and Toronto maybe involving Kasperi Kapanen or Andreas Janssen uh, for potentially Adam Larson? Does that make sense to you? Maybe. I, I don't think that that would be the Leafs' top option. Um, I think that they would probably be trying to aim a little bit higher. But, you know, Tyson Berry also wasn't their top option. I mean, there were other trades that fell through last year. that So, you know, sometimes you can't. You can't always get what you want, you know, especially when you're looking for a right shot defenseman. So I, I don't mind Adam Larson. I mean, I think he'd potentially be, you know, an upgrade over what they had this year. And um, it'll be interesting if they put someone like Kapanen on the open market, what they can get. I know there's a lot of teams that are really interested in him. You know, he's big, he's fast, he's a great penalty killer. He just, Kapanen's had a hard time being a complimentary player with really high-end skill players. You know, he has a hard, his his vision is such that he has a hard time finding guys like Austin Matthews or John Tavares when they're in position to score. Um, so Kapanen might kind of top out as a third-line guy. I mean, it depends on the makeup of your team. 
but he he really plays in straight lines and uh you know he only had 13 goals this season and you know it's it's hard to say if he's at his ceiling or not but I wonder if they trade him just because other teams would would find him more, more valuable than he potentially is to the Leafs. You know, it's interesting for me because when I, you know, when you watch the highlights of him, when you see him play, he's good off the rush. You mentioned the fact. I mean, he's. I don't think he's got an elite read and react game, and that's the issue on an offensive zone cycle. And come playoff time, those rush chances, unless you're playing in the Edmonton and Chicago series, those rush chances are minimized. So, uh, yeah. but he's a really. Is he not a pretty good penalty killer as well? He is. I mean, he's he's got a great, you know, toolkit. Like he, he's an amazing skater, and it's just, yeah, it's it's almost like in the hockey IQ side of things where he, he's not a, a cycle player. He's not he's not going to set you up for a one timer. He's probably not going to make a one time shot. He's, you know, he he doesn't play the way his dad did. Really, I mean, they're very different players, and. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if with the different centers, if potentially he could mesh with them and play in the top six. You know, I wouldn't write that off entirely, but it just seems like every time they put him with Matthews or Tavares, it just doesn't work. What did your What are your thoughts on Andreas Janssen? He had a tough year. I mean, you know, he's a late bloomer, a seventh-round pick, uh, and I, I loved him in the AHL. I mean, he was the MVP of the AHL playoffs when they won the Calder Cup, and, you know, he was only he was 22 maybe that year. Uh, not a big guy, but, you know, one of those energy guys, good in the corners, and, you know, kind of different than Kapanen. And he is a good complimentary player. You know, the year he played with Tavares, he scored 20 goals. He had over 40 points. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of skill to his game. He, he, I, he's he got a really nice sort of uh, soft touch with the short, short game passes. Um, you know, I think that he, he ran into a lot of injuries this year, but... Um, you know, if he could get back to where he was before this season, I think that could be a guy that could be really intriguing on a team like Edmonton with the high-skill guys they've got. Yeah, I just look at Janssen and Kappen and, and the fact that the Leafs have got other support wingers kind of coming. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I, I think those would be the sort of guys that lots of teams would target. Uh, Nylander, I wouldn't, you know, for me, $7 bucks for that. Or I guess if I didn't have any offense, I'd look at him, but... You know, and obviously the big three aren't going anywhere. I guess there's a bigger question here to ask, James. Um, is this team built the right way? Well, I think they're probably asking themselves those questions. And, I, you know, I think they're going to try and dance in a little bit different direction. And they, they, they've kind of been moving in that direction a little bit and, you know, bringing in Muzzin and Kyle Clifford. And, you know, they've been looking for more players like that. And I think that that's going to continue this summer. And I think that whatever trades they make, they're going to be trying to bring in whatever you want to call them, playoff-style players. or I don't think they're going to get away from kind of the franchise ethos, which is heavily based in analytics and puck possession and those kind of things. Sure. But they might be looking for players stylistically that have good analytics, but that also play you know, more of a grind game, more of a, you talked about working the cycle. And, you know, that's why they're such a bad match for Boston or Columbus, because the way that those teams play is just in direct opposition to the way that the Leafs play. And they're going to need, if not, you know, star players that play that way. I mean, Austin Matthews is not the problem. I don't think John Tavares is the problem. I don't even think Marner is the problem other than, you know, the the huge contract. You know, they, they need, like, other lines or players that can play with, complementary players that can play with their stars that can play more that way. 
So would they have any time for a guy like Jujar Kara, who's, I mean, let's face it, he's a fourth liner. He has some size. He can play a little bit of center. Uh, the analytics are I'm going to, I won't BS you. They're not pretty. Uh, but, you know, just in terms of the makeup of what Toronto has, he's a good penalty killer. I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of working and weaving around what might, you know, potentially make sense. Again, part of it, James, just because of the fact that Toronto does to me look like they have got excess skill and scoring up front might be able to use a little bit more grit or do you look at them re-signing a guy like kyle clifford as a left wing instead i don't think they're going to be able to afford clifford i mean clifford was making 1.6 in la and you know they were able to fit him in because the kings retained half that salary but i just think he's going to want more than the leafs can fit on their fourth line given their cap situation like the way that they're cap hierarchy is structured is that they're not going to be able to pay their fourth line guys or their third deep pair more than a million bucks a piece so if clifford wants two million or something it just doesn't make sense and he did okay he had some moments you know he had there was one or two games in the playoffs where he made a big impact um but he, he really didn't produce anything offensively and uh, the leafs you know one of the undertold stories of their season is they their, their depth scoring wasn't really there at key times in the year when, you know, Tavares or Marner or some of these guys were hurting out of the lineup. They had guys like Dennis Mulgan playing in the top six, and they were having a really hard time generating offense. And I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting what guys like Barabanov and some of these other people that they're bringing in, but they're going to need some of them to produce offense from the third and fourth lines. It's kind of hard to believe, right? I mean, I'm sitting here in Edmonton hosting a show called Oilers now. I've done the color for the Oilers 12 years. Technically, the team's made the playoffs once, but they've at least won a playoff series in that year. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since Austin Matthews was six years of age. I mean, that yeah. is, I mean, it is, it's, it's got to be a, a, you know, affect the neurosis of the Maple Leaf fans, does it not? I mean, I was still in school, and I'm not a young guy anymore. So, like, it's it's been a long time. I moved to Toronto in 2003 from BC, and you know, when I got here, they were still those successful Pat Quinn teams that were having a hard time getting over the hump. And then there was that huge, and awful period where they were terrible and and heavily mismanaged. And they've come out of that. But some of the baggage of those bad teams and those bad years early in the salary cap, I mean, basically 10 years of nonsense, it still hangs over this team, even though this team doesn't really have anything to do with those teams. So, you know, there's a lot of frustration in the market. I think there's a lot of frustration on the staff and, and among the players. And I think that's probably why there's going to be relatively substantial changes to the roster. Final one for you here. Uh, they had Horton and Clarkson on uh, LTIR. Those guys come off, uh, but that basically gave Toronto the ability to use, you know, to take a contract to get, you know, let's not forget they traded their number one so that Carolina took Marlowe. That one obviously backfired because it ended up being a mid-range number one. Um, but would Toronto be a team that would take a bad contract on that they could put on Robidaux Island or Lupul Island or uh, in Clarkson and Horton's case, there was no way they were going to come back and play. But you could could you see Toronto going down that path again in order to get another asset? It would have to be a pretty good asset, I think. I mean, I, it's not like they're entirely unwilling to do that. They they mostly only did that because they, like they only took Clarkson on. They only took Horton on to get rid of Clarkson originally. I mean, you kind of get into the weeds when you start talking about this, but they were forced into taking those contracts, basically. And and then they took uh, Clarkson back, his contract back, because they got an asset in order to do that and because they were already in LTIR. Like, it's no fun being in LTIR if you can avoid it. 
Right. Now, the Leafs would rather avoid it, but if someone's dangling a good pick or a prospect or something, and maybe they'll do it again. But I, I, I think they're excited about the idea of not being LTIR because they've been there for a long, long time. Uh, give me one player. Final question for James Myrtle, who uh, heads up the Athletic for Canada, based in Toronto, all over the Maple Leafs, Mark, uh, uh, on a day-to-day, uh, daily, daily basis. Uh, give me one player you think will be traded when we drop the puck again, whenever that is at the start of the 2021 season. I think I would probably pick Kapanen as from the Leafs. You know, it's, uh, they're they're going to have to shuffle around some of their depth guys a little bit. And, you know, he only makes 3.2, but that 3.2 would look really good sort of if they can find a way to inject it onto the blue line. All right. Great stuff, James, as always. Uh, and best of luck and continued success with the Athletic, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's James Myrtle. It is 12:27 in Edmonton. Uh, we are going to go at this time off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. And when we come back, he's the king of analytics, or not? Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses in horse racing, Alberta. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6:30. Chad.